0: We're listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. Icon is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but I think my guest today qualifies. Even the man's voice is iconic, which should make for some great radio today. But that's also the entry point for his character in Brett Haley's new film, The Hero, in which he stars as a voice actor searching for that next gear in life. His name is Sam Elliott, and we're excited to have him on the show today. Thanks for being here, sir.
1: Thanks for having me on, Chris. Pleasure to be here.
0: I, I want to start by saying I hope Chorus pays you handsomely because I've bought my share because of you. Oh, good! <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I'm going to pass that on to him. <laughs> We've and, got a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, they've been good to me over the years.
0: Uh, and just to start off somewhat irreverently, before we get to the uh, to the meat of this, uh, you are responsible for uttering probably my favorite line in movie history. From roadhouse uh, that place has a sign hanging over the urinal that says oh, don't, yeah. eat <laughs> don't eat the big white man
1: don't eat the big white man that kills me yeah me as well i enjoyed <laughs> that one what was that what was that shoot like let's start it was, a, it was fun you know yeah. I, I think it's, it was mindless on some level i think on some level it was like the ultimate male fantasy kind yeah. of a thing you know But working with Patrick and working with Ben Gazzara and working with Joel Silver, who was the producer, who's kind of one of those old throwbacks from the old days of Hollywood, was quite a joy. Yeah, beat the shit out of each other on the thing, and that that part was also fun. I was young enough at that point where my body could withstand it. We had a good time, you know. It's it's always fun to play those characters that are albeit not very well drawn mm-hmm. they're still fun to try to breathe life into them you yeah know? Definitely. And, and when you have enough good one-liners here and there then it's a good time
0: don't eat the big white mint yeah the hero this is your second film with Brett Haley Yes. Um, you know, as I said at the top, I've known Brett for a number of years now, going back to film school. Uh-huh. Um, he must have impressed you enough with his second film, I'll See You in My Dreams.
1: I don't even think it was a matter of Brett impressing me. I just, you know, maybe, if, you know, I don't just don't think it in terms of that with Brett. Mm-hmm. But Dreams was such, you know, it was a short-lived two-week experience but I hadn't had an opportunity to play a character like that in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the leading man kind of a character piece. This came out of the journey that Brett and I went on after we made Dreams, when we went on the road to do the promotion for it. We traveled a bunch together, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth across the country and Ate a lot of meals together, logged a lot of miles together, had a few drinks together, and had a lot of dialogue, a lot of talking together. And he got to know me, and I got to know him, and you know, we, I think, dug up a pretty close relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said, I want to write something for you. And I said, Yeah, right, man. <laughs> he said, No, bash and no, I'll write something. And so he and he went home and he and Mark Bash came up with this concept for something called the iceberg, actually. It was called Iceberg in the beginning mm-hmm. when Brett gave me it in treatment form. And it was really, you know, the whole theory was on that piece that's on Nick's screensaver in the film the, about how an actor's career, you know, compares to an iceberg. Mm-hmm. Like, what you see on top of the water isn't necessarily what it's all about Mm -hmm. below the surface. Yeah. Which, to me, is is an interesting comparison, you know. Mm -hmm. But the marketing people, the people that... then Then they developed a script, and it was still called Iceberg for a moment, but then they got funding for it, and... The people that came up with the money didn't think that Iceberg was going to be a marketable name. So they changed it to
0: The Hero. (laughs) Hero works.
1: Yeah, I guess it does. (laughs) It's kind of an overused term, boy, I think at this point. And there's nothing heroic about Lee Hayden.
0: Well, it's an interesting juxtaposition with today's... uh Z- uh, zeitgeist in the industry superheroes yeah. flying around and uh, yeah. it's a very different story yep. uh, is there anything particularly exciting striking to you about working with up-and-coming talent versus you know a veteran filmmaker
1: oh absolutely i mean it gives you hope for where the game's going for where the business is going and you know i've been in this business a long time almost 50 years you know and wanted to do it since i was a kid have seen a number of changes, I think marked most prominently by, you know, the introduction of the chip, so to speak, (laughs) and it's really kind of revolutionized the business, and here comes this kid that comes from that side of it that's a filmmaker. You know, I mean, a, a, I think a brilliant filmmaker. I think Brett has an opportunity to do some really important work over the years, over the long haul. And I think if he wants it, he'll have a long haul career. He'll mm-hmm. be there a long time because he has things to say and he knows how to go about putting it together.
0: Does he communicate with you differently on the set in a way that's notable for you? Uh, you know,
1: he you, he, he communicates period period, yeah. period. like he, he just knows how to talk to people and it's not like to hear himself talk you know he comes in he knows clearly what it is he wants to do he certainly has his vision but, and, and but he's also smart enough to get out of the actor's way mm-hmm. on a certain level but if you kind of stray too far one way or another or need to be brought in or he wants to talk, he just comes in and says a few words, you know. That to me is just, you know, a director that knows what he wants but at the same time is willing to kind of keep an open mind. Odds are he's going to come up with something really good in the end. Mm -hmm. The other thing about Brett is he always, he's always open to doing one kind of an option piece. It's like he, he, he gets what he wants, gets the takes that he wants, and then he just kind of throws it up and said, "Oh, you know, maybe it's like just as simple as uh, do whatever you want, have
0: a little fun." Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, you never
1: know what's going to come out of one of those.
0: Yeah, well, you know? it's, indeed, it's yeah. something might spark in the moment. Yep. This is one of the most intimate performances I think you've given, and you probably get asked this a lot, but uh, it leaves one wondering, uh, did you put a lot of yourself into this?
1: I think by virtue of the fact that I'm an actor and I'm of Lee's age, that probably there is a certain amount of myself in there. And the fact that it was born out of a you know, long, extended conversation with the guy that wrote the screenplay. I think there's no question that on some level it's me, but it's you know, it's not like it's a documentary about Sam Elliott. Sure. There's a couple of glaring differences right off the top. I'm happily married to Catherine still mm-hmm. for thirty three years. We've been together for thirty nine years. I love my daughter more than anything. I see her all the time. I don't have cancer and I don't smoke dope. So apart from that <laughs> you know, there, there's some stuff that I identify with. I know characters that had a, you know, had a good run at it, a short run, actors. And then nothing happened after that. And I watched those guys dry on the vine, mm-hmm. waiting for it to turn around. Mm-hmm. There's certainly guys there, that, you know. This business is not easy on its actors, I don't think so. My friend Bill Paxton... Told me and Catherine one time, standing in our kitchen, when we, right after we'd done Tombstone. He said, "We're all just grist for the mill," <laughs> you know. And I just thought, Fuck, man, that's the truth of it. That's the truth of he it. He had a
0: way of putting things in words. Yep. Uh, you know that idea of putting a lot of yourself into a role, and if it cuts close to the bone—not
1: mm-hmm. saying
0: this necessarily did, but if it did—is uh, that kind of thing scary or exciting as an actor when you when you cut that close to the bone of who you are i
1: don't know that i've ever had an opportunity to do this before Mm -hmm. to go that close to the bone as you say and i just looked at it as an opportunity a gift if you want to call it that i've called it that a bunch of times you know i'm 72 years old i'm doing what i wanted to do since i was a little kid i don't know how much longer i'm going to be around or how much more I'm gonna be offered to work, things that I wanna do. And this opportunity came and you know, it was really a, a chance to bare my soul in some ways and because I understand this guy. Mm-hmm. I understand what he's given up in pursuit of a career. I understand that he's totally fucked it up on by the choices that he's made. And you know, it just seemed the right time. Mm-hmm. It seemed the right time to let it go and do the best I could with this material.
0: Yeah, uh, as you say, nearly fifty years into a career, uh, and you say, you say you wanted to do it ever since you were a kid. What, mm-hmm. what, uh, what was the early hook that got you?
1: I think yeah, I'm sure going to too many Saturday matinees in Sacramento where I grew up, mm-hmm. the Sequoia Theater, which I'm sure is at the bottom of some mini mall by now. <laughs> It's just, you know, I read there was this really kind of alarming piece, not alarming, but, I don't know, off-putting piece to me in the L.A. Times last Sunday about all the exhibitors are all trying to figure out how to bring the audience back into the fold, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, all the bells and whistles that they're offering, you know. The food, the reclining chairs, you know. It doesn't sound like they really enforce the rule of no cell phones anymore. Right. The rumbling seats and the the spray, depending on where you are, you know. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But it's like, what the fuck, man? I mean, for me, going to a film is about going into a darkened theater And it's a relationship you have with what's going on on the screen. Mm -hmm. It's not about all the distractions that are going on around you. Mm -hmm. It's not about trying to have to focus and, and like, block things out. That's why you go in there. Mm -hmm. That's why I went in there as a kid, man. I was, like, mesmerized. I remember going in there just watching Flash Gordon serials, Mm -hmm. you know. Or uh, I'm not even sure what. I'm not even going to venture a guess.
0: Maybe some of those westerns back in the
1: day. Well, there's no doubt that there were westerns. I think I saw Red River very early on. I know I saw The Searchers very early on. But there were western series. I guess it was Tom Mixon I'm trying to think of. But there were, like, serials as well. Yeah. But it was that exchange, that audience exchange with those lights flickering on the screen. And I thought, wow, that's it's incredible to make somebody feel like I'm feeling I, that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. Well you know? we talked about the chip, I mean, I guess that's what we're th- that that's what we're losing it to is the ease of viewing things on a laptop or yep. a phone or what have even a lot of yep. that's going to TV, which is something I wanted to talk about as well. A, a, a lot of great stuff being done on TV these days and you've had a unique perch Uh, you've been involved with TV much of your entire career. So Mm -hmm. you've seen that shift in -hmm. that platform. So Mm -hmm. what do you you think about how TV has changed over the years and where it is now?
1: I think like film, TV has changed radically. I mean, if you look at the number of platforms and the number of content that's been generated today and developed this today, I mean, it's mind-boggling. Wonderful for an actor. You know, because there's work out there mm-hmm. and good work. And the work that's being done today, I think on some level, it's like the golden age of television. That said, I think there's, you know, all this stuff with cable television. It's like, mm, I don't know. You know, there's this big rub as to whether all of that stuff should be competing on equal ground with the movies that are getting generated out there. And, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You may be asking the wrong fellow for, you know, that kind of... I'm I'm really pretty much of a techno-peasant by choice and uh, hope to remain so. Yeah. I don't email and I don't Facebook and tweet and all that other business.
0: Can't imagine you on Twitter.
1: Nor can I. (laughs) Nor can I.
0: Uh, You know, like I said, nearly 50 years into it, what's, for you, do you think, the secret to the longevity...
1: I think making the right choices in the long run and not having to take a job for money, mm-hmm. which allowed me to make what I consider a right choice in terms of the material. You know, I, 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 because I wanted it early on, I, I thought a lot about it when I started, when I literally became an actor. And I discovered earlier on for whatever reason and I think a lot of it was I watched a lot of bad television back in the like 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. There was also a lot of great television in that period of time but there was some pretty bad stuff as well. I think I decided then that if I wanted a long I wanted to go the distance have longevity in my career that I should be choosy about what I did.
0: Not, just, to maintain not just work for money,
1: mm-hmm. but go for good stuff, mm-hmm. what I thought was good stuff.
0: I wanted to venture out a little bit and talk about, <clears throat> we, we just touched on it, Westerns. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the genre. I'm always mm-hmm. hoping it can have a huge, lively comeback. Obviously, uh, you're one of the icons of that genre with mm-hmm. the Louis L'Amour stuff and Tombstone, Buffalo Girls and whatnot. Uh, what do you think of that this is maybe an unnecessarily heady question but uh, it's something I think about just the genre's viability the contemporary viability like do do you think the genre still has something to say today
1: I think it's timeless on some level you know I mean you know the western was Hollywood's bread and butter for quite a period of time by the time I got to Hollywood the western was pretty much On its way out, Mm -hmm. falling out of favor, but there were still we still had capabilities in L.A. to mount a western. Today, you couldn't mount a western if you if your hat depended on it. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go to Texas or New Mexico. That's that's where most of the livestock and most of the wagons, most of the equipment is right now. But there's also, I think, no desire in the business. Mm-hmm. and I think it's based upon you know it's, it's all so much of it now is based upon what the marketplace wants or what we think the marketplace wants to see mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that anybody in Hollywood thinks that there's a market for a good western anymore mm-hmm. and you take the Lone Ranger Mm -hmm. for lack of a better example. Cast a white man playing Tonto Mm -hmm. and have all that computer-generated stuff in it, spend the kind of money, waste the kind of money that they made, that they spent Mm -hmm. making that film. That has nothing to do with what I see as what is most interesting about that genre. Mm -hmm. To me, it was always the simplicity of that genre. The clear delineation between good and bad. Wasn't a lot of gray area. Mm -hmm. The outdoors, the real outdoors, not something that's computer-generated, was always a prime character in the piece. Mm -hmm. The classic struggles between man and man, man Mm -hmm. and the outdoors, man and nature, call it what you want,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know. And a good story
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with good characters, believable characters an opportunity to tell the truth about a time when, you know, life was a simpler thing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with the vision of a man on horseback either, and particularly in beautiful country.
0: Mm-hmm. What's you know? your favorite Western? Do you have one?
1: Oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've watched The Searchers yeah. over the years. and Actually, one of the, the first film that I starred in, it was right after I left Twentieth Century Fox as a contract player, and it was a movie called Cactus at the time, and a woman named Vera Miles
0: mm-hmm.
1: starred in it, and uh, Vera was in The Searchers.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned Red River earlier. That's a definitely a favorite of mine.
1: Yeah, hard to beat.
0: That's probably I, thought, I think that's his best performance. John hard May. to beat. Um
1: John Ford came to visit Vera on the set of Cactus, which later was called Molly and Lawless John. Maybe I'm repeating myself now, sorry if I no. know but it was I, I got to meet John Ford on that film and oh, wow! that was pretty incredible. I think he had a soft spot for Vera Miles <laughs> which he, which comes as no surprise. Yeah, right. she's a beautiful woman.
0: You got to meet John Ford? You got to be in Butch Cassidy and like a little moment? Yeah,
1: barely. I'm a shadow on the wall in that thing. I'll take two is my line, and it's off camera. I always know somebody that hasn't seen that film or is really asking me for something that they don't want. When I get a letter, I get a comment saying, Hi, I love you in Butch Cassidy. (laughs) The only only reason my name's in the credits is because I was under contract to Fox where they made the film.
0: Well, it's cool to be in that scene, iconic scene.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. It was fun to sit there watching Redford, you know, calling those guys and see Newman come through the door. Yeah, pretty cool. You,
0: you get a more unique perspective on that scene than any of us do. That's yeah, I do. Sure. Uh, another TV project you were involved with, I just wanted to ask about because I, I love the original film was Failsafe when Clooney made Failsafe and did the live thing what was that set like because that's obviously a unique
1: pretty incredible and I remember it being pretty daunting at the same time yeah. you know we rehearsed for a few days I got that call I'd, I'd, I'd never worked with George before
0: did you see you just had twins by the way
1: he did that's amazing isn't that a wonderful thing one of each I believe yeah and Stephen Frears was a director on that and I'd worked with Stephen on a picture called The High Low Country and then you know it was like I don't know I think it was maybe that same year I got a call to come and do this thing on fail and you know, so I of course jumped at it I mean Number one, it was an opportunity to work with Steven again, and I loved him. But an opportunity to do live television, you know, at that period of time, it was just... And I never was one to do much theater, and I think that's why I was a little freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. That's the way I get every Friday night on the ranch when we do our taping in front of a live audience. <laughs> I always get a little nervous, overly amped up for that. <laughs> But it was great. It was a, it was an incredible experience, you know. George is phenomenal on almost everything that I can even think about in terms of being a good man and you know somebody that survived this game and worked hard on it and you know I don't know how many pilots George did over the years oh, yeah. before he hit hit the brass ring and and I think that he's probably moved on. From it, you know. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more from Mr. Clooney than being an actor. He sure isn't going to go the way of Lee Hayden, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, I'm anxious to see what his next trick's going to be.
0: Yeah. And then just talking about the progression of the industry today, we find ourselves awash in the Marvel properties, and you were part of Ang Lee's Hulk, and then Marvel moved on with with a different incarnation there. Uh, You know, what? did you feel like you wanted to be a part of that locomotive? I mean, I kind of feel like the answer is no, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel like the answer is no, too. (laughs) You know, there's there's very few things that I'd like to have continued on with in terms of one of those blockbuster types. Number one, I I do want to say in terms of the Hulk that the reason for doing that film was an opportunity to work with Ang Lee. And that was undeniable that that was the right choice. Mm-hmm. And working with Jennifer Connelly wasn't bad either. Mm-hmm. And I've loved Jennifer since she was a child actress, and she's phenomenal. But the only thing that I think that I've ever wanted to see go on that didn't was a project called The Golden Compass, mm-hmm. which was a trilogy in which we did the first one of, and then that was the end of it. Yeah. It, it basically sank New Line pictures, or films, whatever it's got. It's pictures, I think. New Line Cinema. Yeah, cinema. You know, and uh, the movie did really well overseas. I think it made like $300 million, but it only made $80 million in the States, which is a little less than what it cost. And I think the way that New Line financed their films was by selling off all the foreign rights. So yeah. they there wasn't didn't get even any money to be made. Yeah. yeah. But that character that I played, Lee Hayden, not Lee Hayden, Lee Scoresby, I played a few. I wonder how many Lees you've played. i got more than one. <laughs> I just realized that. It was something that fared much better in the second and third books. Yeah. But, you know wasn't in the cards
0: yeah that was a property that easily could have sustained a number of films it could have yeah Uh, and currently you're working on A Star is Born yeah with uh, Bradley Cooper directing how's he striking you as a director
1: Uh, pretty well you know I'm I'm still a little I don't know I'm not in awe of him, him, but I I am in some ways. I've never met Bradley before this. I've never met Stephanie before this. And uh, the opportunity to be on the set with both of them, let alone work with them, is a wonderful thing. Bradley has a... I I, I often thought that one of my best characteristics was that I have a, a solid work ethic. I don't think it compares to Bradley's work ethic. I mean, his his tireless. Mm-hmm. I feel tireless at times, but I think he's just tireless all the time. He just he just seems like he's totally on top of it all the time, mm-hmm. and everyone defers to him on the set. And I think that he's guiding Stephanie through this performance that's just going to blow everybody's mind.
0: Yeah, you know. shooting that here in town, right? Were hmm? you shooting You're that shooting here in town?
1: Here in town. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that doesn't happen. I've got too one often, more right? day. Pardon? That doesn't have to happen too often. No, it doesn't right? happen yeah.
1: very often. But it's, you know, they've got a limited budget. Some of this, some of the scenes are set in other places, but we did them here. Mm-hmm. I think the Greek theater doubles for the Bay Area. Mm. You know, they shot out at Coachella, mm-hmm. and uh, I went from the ranch. I finished up on the ranch on a Friday and started shooting Stars Born* on a Monday and then in the middle of Star Born started this press tour so
0: we got a vacation coming up hopefully yeah
1: I got a break coming up I'm not <laughs> sure about a vacation but there's a, there's a there's going to be some breathing room in July and then I'm going to go to work again in Massachusetts in the month of August
0: you just want to keep the pedal to the metal like that or?
1: Not really it's just kind of the way it all fell this year yeah. you know really a number of projects that you know can't say no when it's good stuff it's harder to say no yeah and the timing factor just it, they just fell where they fell. And the thing with Bradley it was like I, you know it, they wanted me to start before I'd finished the ranch like the last month we we're in production. They wanted me to go to Coachella for three days, Monday Tuesday Wednesday, and come back and shoot two days on a ranch. You know the two performance days, which would have been impossible, at least yeah. for me. So I couldn't do that, you know. And for whatever reason, you know, they they held out, and <laughs> we worked it out. It's it's incredible to watch that whole fucking thing unfold, you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, Bradley Cooper's a rock star, you know. <laughs> And he plays a guitar and he sings, man. He's he's got a beautiful voice and he he gets down on the guitar. It's incredible. All the while directing the film. Do you play any instruments? No, no. no I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> I wish I did.
0: <laughs> Me too. I've got a guitar. I can't play it, but I yeah. pick on it. You know, from yeah. time to time. Uh, last thing for you. Uh, is there anything you know that, that you still want to do that you haven't done in the business? Is there an itch that you want to scratch still, or? feeling good I
1: don't know I think on some level I'd love to do some more westerns you know that's always there I hope feeling. everyone
0: is listening to that Sam Elliott wants to do more yeah. westerns and I want to see them so please finance them
1: thank you <laughs> So it's like please write them first you know yeah. I, I think a good western can get made I think there's I don't know how to get them made it's like getting them on paper that's the hardest part is to find one on paper somehow yeah you know but I think Chris, it's really just about trying to continue to do good work, you mm-hmm. know, if it comes my way. You know, yeah. I've been fortunate. I've, I'm the luckiest guy I know in terms of doing what I want to do, something I wanted to do when I was a kid, being able to make a living off of it, and at the same time have a family life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm blessed on that level, there's no doubt about it.
0: And being able to work with Catherine on this movie.
1: Yeah, that wasn't bad that was, either. Was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, good luck. So far, so good with your career, sir.
1: Thank you, sir. <laughs>
0: and uh, the movie's called it. The Hero. It opens June 9th. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate Thanks it.
1: Thanks for your time, Chris. I appreciate too. it, too.